Um, we, uh, we have a, a bunch of charities we support and uh, we want to communicate to that to you. Many of you will know them, some of you are relatively new and won't know them. Um, but Pete and M. Brandy's head up our Hope Ministries and so I'm going to invite, before I invite her, M's going to come um, and speak with us. Um, but I want you to put yourself in M's position. M isn't, she wouldn't say it's her gift to speak in front of a crowd. Many people feel like that. So if I'm being honest, she's bricking it. <laughs> Let's call a spade a spade. She's panicking. But we're family, aren't we? Yeah. We're family. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So rather than give her the mic and say, go M and talk for half an hour, we're going to do an interview style. I've got five or six questions to ask her. We've got some videos to show you. Um, so let's give M a massive round of applause as she comes and takes a seat. <laughs> Uh, just as she gets herself to, do you want to sit down behind there? Yeah? Just as she gets herself together, um, we, we, we formed this idea of Hope Ministries some time ago, uh, based on the, the verse, and it will come on the screen in Micah, uh, chapter 6, verse 8, I believe it is, and it says this, He has shown you, O mortal, what is good, and what does the Lord require of you? To act justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with your God. Sometimes I think we overcomplicate things. And yet when you just boil it down to that, and I've been doing a bit of a study on mercy recently because compassion and study and, and mercy so overlap. But the, the, best, the best sort of description of it I've come up with is it's just like compassion, you see something that's like, that is not right. And compassion sort of stirs you to do something about it. And, and, and it crosses over into mercy when the action happens. Mercy is an action. Compassion is like, I sense that, I feel it, it's not okay. And then you step out in mercy. And what mercy is, is when someone has the ability to make someone else's world better. And you actually bother about it. You know, I love that when I say to God, you know, have mercy on me. God has the ability to make my world better. And so I go to him and say, have mercy on me. And it's just like, yes, Barry, I love you. And he steps into my world. This is this picture we're developing here. And we currently um, support various charities. Um, we decided we want to support an international charity, a local charity, and a charity that supports ministry in Israel. And so our local charity has been um, CAP recently, Christians Against Poverty. We're just changing that currently to Beacon House, which is the charity that supports the homeless people in our town. I'm a trustee of that charity, so I thought as a church we'd better get behind it. Um, but it's such amazing things happening there. We'll talk about that another time. The international charity is IJM, International Justice Mission, which we're going to talk about today. There's a charity in, um, in Israel called um, um, Vision for Israel or Joseph Storehouse. It's, it's essentially a food bank for people in Israel who can't feed themselves. Just know that by being a part of this church and tithing or giving here, you're impacting people all around the world. Just by being here, just giving something, you're making a difference. People but during uh, lockdown, when the, um, the racism stuff came up, I met consistently so seven or eight times with uh, some of the guys at church, and we chatted it through, and how are we doing that in, in, as a church in terms of our race relations and integrating people and honoring different communities. And the feeling was generally good but what we decided is we need to put our money where our mouth is so we've added in another charity which is called the Stephen Lawrence Foundation you may be familiar with his story he was stabbed to death some years ago um, and they set up a charity in his name which specifically helps people who are from marginalized backgrounds to help them get trained and into work where they would otherwise struggle 
And so we've added that in to who we are and what we're doing. So every time you tithe, and come on, we believe in tithing, the church then, our, we tithe that fund to these four charities. And so if you're a giver, you are making a difference all around the world to people you'll never meet, but you know what, you're doing something. So again, round of applause for you guys. So today we're going to talk about IJM. Your moment is coming, M. <laughs> yeah. So uh, we've, ju- we've done this, um, we sort of prepped it. So I'm going to ask a couple of questions and M is going to unpack it to you. And um, let me pray first, actually. Lord, we're going to talk about very difficult things this morning. But Lord, I want to pray that you would stir us with compassion and mercy. That we would see these things are not okay. But Lord, you've called us to be your hands and your feet and your mouthpiece. So Lord God, give us ways as a church where we can make a difference to someone's life because it's not okay what's happening to them. We say that in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, okay, okay. What we got here? So, Em. Hi. (laughs) International Justice Mission. Who are they and what do they do? Okay, well, I'm going to start off with a video so you don't have to listen to me talk for too long. Um, This is just a good, really good introduction video that's narrated by their founder, Gary Halgan, and it just gives you a taste of what they do. It's the YouTube link one. operations all over the world, rescuing people from slavery, because today there are criminals who abuse children, sell girls. And force families into slavery. Criminals prey on the easiest target, the world's poor, because they expect no one to defend them. But today, there are thousands of people gathering to seek justice for those in slavery. We are a group of lawyers, counselors, activists, and supporters. We are called International Justice Mission. Together, we form the largest international anti-slavery organization in the world. 
But slavery won't come to an end until criminals know they can't get away with it. So we partner with local police to arrest and prosecute criminals. This sends a message to slave owners. We will not go away. We stay with the survivors until they are healed. Until they are free. Natulungan po ako ng IJM sa pamilitan po na sa case ko sa pagtulong po nila na ma-overcome ko po yung, yung fear. Each year, we rescue thousands of slaves and protect millions around the world. We are transforming how justice systems protect their citizens. To those who are still enslaved, we promise to find you. We will get you home to your families so you can have the freedom you deserve. So I think that's probably just highlighted that in some countries, fear of violence is part of everyday life for people. In this country, we don't have to be scared going to school or going to work. It's just, you know, we don't have to be scared of that. But there are countries where girls do not walk to school because they're scared that they will get raped just by walking to school. There are countries where people will literally run away from the police because the police are so corrupt. And that's where IJM come in. They are the largest international anti-slavery organisation in the world. And their, their mission is threefold. Could we have the first slide? Sorry. So they don't just stop at rescuing and restoring victims of slavery. They seek to bring the criminals to justice and strengthen justice systems. And by doing that, they're seeking to end that cycle of abuse. Because if they didn't, those people would just carry on abusing people and putting people into slavery. They work in 14 countries around the world and they focus on six different areas of abuse that are on the next slide. Yeah. Barry. Barry. <laughs> Just made this messing it up. <laughs> uh, next question, so what's the current situation right now? Okay, so when we talk about slavery, I think it's quite easy to think about the transatlantic slave trade, which was spanned over 400 years, and over that period of time, 12 million people were taken from Africa and turned into slaves. And I think we can all agree that that is just horrific, something that we're all ashamed that ever happened. But right now, there are over 40 million people living in slavery now. 40 million. That's over three times what happened 200 years ago. And that doesn't even take into consideration the people that have died in slavery over the last 200 years. I think, I just want to ask, like, how would you feel if you woke up and before the Russian invasion had happened to Ukraine, how would you feel if you woke up and you heard that P Putin had sent his troops in, he'd taken the entire population of Ukraine and turned them into slaves? He'd taken the men, put them into forced labor, he'd taken the women, and the children and turned him into personal sex slaves because that's, that's the number of slaves that we're talking about. 
There's 44 million people in the Ukraine before the Russian invasion, and there's over 40 million people living in slavery right now. One in four of those in slavery is a child. And I can't explain to you the level of emotional trauma that those children would have experienced, and they will have to walk that throughout their whole life. They will never be able to escape that trauma and emotional scars. Slavery is ignored, it's forgotten, and it's because it's hidden and it's dispersed around the world. There are people that think slavery is okay, and it's not. I think a good question, especially for us praying for IGM and to give to IGM, a good question <coughs> for anyone is, are they good at what they do? Are they effective? Yeah. Well, if we can have the next slide. <coughs> the facts speak for themselves, really. IGM have rescued more than 66,000 people from slavery already, and they've gained more than 2,700 convictions against criminals. And those are people that, in some situations, will be enslaving multiple and hundreds of people. They're effective because the work that they do is painstaking. They spend hundreds and hundreds of hours searching for victims, providing aftercare, going to court, putting together legal cases and seeking prosecutions, prosecution sorry, of the criminals. They're relentless and that's because IJM's vision is to see slavery completely abolished. Last year alone, they rescued more than 10,000 women and children and they worked with authorities to arrest almost 3,000 criminals. It, it's, I know it's quite difficult when I'm talking in numbers of thousands and millions, so I thought we'll show another video now about a boy called Marco, and it will just help you to kind of put into picture how it affects that one individual. Ever meet Superman? 
would want to ask him one question. Did he ever have to hurt the one he loved the most? Tell me that I would make a good sidekick and that Superman would want me to fight crime with him because they say even Superman needs a little help sometimes. Cybersex trafficking is just one form of slavery that IGM are working to fight against. And this is happening right now. You've probably seen in the news last week that the ex-BBC Radio 1 presenter Mark Page was found guilty to try and arrange sexual abuse of children in the Philippines. So it is happening everywhere. It's just not talked about. Wow. One of the things, um, we've worked with IGM for a little while, and one of the things I love about them, because... You want to make a difference, don't we? I'm sure you as a person, you want to make a difference. You know, you, at the end of your life, you want to look back and go, I made a difference. And it's okay funding these people. What I love about them is they don't actually get them free. They prosecute the perpetrator and rehabilitate the person who suffered. So it's not just to get them out. It's, it's changed the whole situation, and they are the best at it. So, so good. It's been our privilege to work alongside them. Um, do you think um, COVID's had an impact on the situation in slavery? Yeah, I think we can all agree that COVID's been a rough ride for pretty much everybody in the world, but it has actually hit the world's poorest the hardest. Um, in this country, we've had furlough, we've had the NHS, we've had benefits. Not every country has had that and had those measures, and there are poor people that have become even more poorer and been left in just desperate poverty and desperate situations. There's been a substantial increase in global poverty, and three to four years of progress in reducing extreme global poverty has been completely lost because of COVID. The Bible says that the love of money is the root of all evil, and there are people being used and abused as slaves simply because it makes somebody else money. In the story of Marco, he is being abused day after day after day because someone is paying for that and it's making somebody else money. 
So COVID has had a massive impact because it's isolated communities. It's increased poverty. The poor have got poorer, but the rich have got richer. And there's been more opportunities for criminals to carry out this abuse. Well, I, I was hearing on the news the other day because Emma and I were preparing for this presentation and they were saying that at the border of Ukraine, people are waiting in those queues for 10 hours freezing cold and people are pulling up next to them and saying, do you want to get in the warm car and driving off with them? It's happening today. Mm. It's just like, I don't know about you, but it's just not okay. And, um, but we can do a little something about it and I hope it's stirring something in you. I feel like if you sense any indignation, I think you're sensing the heart of God because these are God's kids. He loves these kids. You know, when we talk about, you know, Psalm 139, he crafted me in the womb. He crafted Marco in the womb. You know, all these people are God's kids. And I, I really hope that through this presentation, yes, it's a bit uncomfortable. Maybe you want to come to church and have a good time. And of course we do, but we've got to make a difference. So in some way, we need to feel it. And I hope that's doing something in you. And there's a new project, I believe, IGM are doing. And it has some links here with the UK. Do you want to unpack that a little yeah. bit? So IGM have opened its first anti-trafficking programme in the Central and Eastern Europe in Romania in 2020. So it's currently estimated that there's 86,000 people living in modern slavery in Romania. Again, to put it into perspective, that's two-thirds of the whole of the population in Colchester just living in slavery. I don't know if anyone saw a recent documentary on the BBC called Sold Sex Slaves Next Door, but the majority of suspected sex trafficking victims into the UK were from Romania. Half of the victims trafficked from Romania last year were children. There are houses in this country where women are being taken from Romania and they're being prostituted out, expected to serve 10 to 20 men a day. Some of those men will stay for hours. And those are houses that could be on your street, it could be one of your neighbours. You might think that they could just walk into a police station and get help in this country. But a lot of those sex traffickers know the victims' families and they've threatened victims that if they tell anyone, if they try and get help, they will just kill their whole family. So these people are terrified. Even in the UK, we have some of the best human trafficking laws in the world. But over the last three years, almost 6,000 victims have come forward, yet there's only been 95 prosecutions. In Romania, children are being groomed from the age of 10. So... This is just, this is horrific. It's starting in Romania, but it is people in our country are exploiting them. And even the Russian, re recent Russian invasion, sorry, um, is just increasing the risk of trafficking. As Barry's also said, um, IGM have highlighted this as well. Romania borders Ukraine and they are having millions and millions of refugees turning up. The majority are women and children who are vulnerable. There are some genuine local people offering help, but it only takes one person with a false offer of accommodation or safe travel, and that person's lost. Wow. wow. Um, so we've had a relationship with the IGM for quite some time. I, I believe you, wor you worked for IGM at one point, didn't you, Em? Voluntarily, Voluntarily. Yeah. They didn't pay you. <coughs> no. Um, so how about unpack our church history, our relationship with the IGM, what we've achieved, achieved over the years? Okay, so we first started supporting IGM back in 2014. I'm really, really proud of everybody and what we've achieved since then. Firstly, thank you to Barry, because right from the start, you got behind it. You allowed it to be the heartbeat of the church, and you saw the importance of that. And I've got a lot of respect for you for that. Thank you to everyone that's come to a fundraiser, has given financially, who's helped with anything or prayed. It's, it's been amazing. 
over the last eight years, we've raised just over £55,000. And when we, when we first started out, our initial goal was to fund one rescue mission. And obviously the amount of money, it, does, it never costs that exact money, but you estimate that one rescue mission costs £5,000, and that covers the cost of lawyers, court applications, hundreds of hours of professional work, you know, aftercare for the victims, aftercare packages, counselling. It, it's, it's very time um, labouring for the people that work there. So, so far, we've funded just over 10 rescue missions, which I think is amazing. Yeah. I just think, how amazing would it be if you were in heaven and someone came up to you and said, hey, you prayed for me, you prayed that I'd be free, you came to that fundraiser, or you, you paid and I'm free because you actually cared. That would be amazing. A lot of that money that we raised was through fundraising events. We had a fundraising auction, a Christmas party, coffee nights, music nights, movie nights. So we've had some great fundraising events, but obviously COVID put that to a halt. I also had twin boys, so that's been <laughs> pretty time-consuming over the last couple of years. But as a church last year, we gave £2,000 in a church tithe, and individuals within the church gave £1,500 as a regular giving amount. So, yeah, that's what we've achieved so far. So, so good. I remember at one of our fundraising events, we had a charity auction. And uh, I think Io and his sister Anu, many of you might know, um, led the auction and uh, they were absolutely brilliant. But it came to the point where we'd run out of items and people still wanted to give. <laughs> so I got a pint of Foster's and I auctioned a pint of Foster's for 55 quid. <laughs> You've got to be a bit ingenious. But I hope, you know, you sense it is sad and I, I, I feel the heaviness. And I think we need to embrace the heaviness a little bit, but also grab hold of, you are making a difference. So, so how about break it a bit, give yourselves a round of applause, because you've made a difference, you really have. And obviously what we want to do is to spur each other on, lots of new people in church life at the moment as well, so that we continue to make a difference and even make a greater difference. So I hope you're getting inspired. Should we show the next video? Is that next on your agenda? I was going to do that at the end if we had time. Go on, yeah. Do you want to, um, do you want to speak? We, we've hit a bump in the road, people. I was going to do that video at the end if we save time, or do you okay. want to do it now? Or do you, you want, do you want you me to it. talk about what we can do as a church? Yeah, go for okay, it. We'll do that. Sorry. <laughs> when this goes out next week on video, maybe you can just edit that bit. We'll look much more professional. <laughs> I really love Billy. She makes me look good even when I'm rubbish. <laughs> I love this whole idea of break my heart for what breaks yours. You know, I don't think we need to labour the point particularly. I think yeah, I sense it in the room that we all feel is not okay, and it's really sad and difficult, but we want to make a difference. Uh, so I want to propose to you some of the ways that you can make a difference. One of the things we do as a church is we offer the peop everyone the opportunity to give £5 a month. I think most people can afford £5 a month. That's two cups of coffee. You know, we're a bit of a coffee nation now. Would you forego two of your cups of, cups of coffee in one month to say, I'm going to send that in so someone like Marco doesn't have to suffer like that? It's five quid. If the whole church did that, that would be a lot of five pounds. And over the course of a year, we would be funding a couple of missions. And that would really genuinely set people free. So there is an option. At the end of the service, what we will do is, as we start closing this down, we will send a clipboard round if we could prepare those. In fact, let's do that now. Maybe start from the back and some forward. From the back. If you think, actually, I'd like to sign up and I'm prepared to give £5 a month, can you just put your name down and we'll follow up with that? Some people already do it. And if that's not for you, that's also okay. You know, that, that's also fine, but we just create an opportunity. Maybe you're someone who says, do you know what, I don't want to commit to £5 a month because, you know, I'm not sure where my finances go. 
done or how that will fit with me, but I'd love to give a, a one-off gift. Maybe you want to give 10 quid, 20 quid, 50 quid, 1,000 quid, whatever it might be. If you want to give a one-off gift, speak to Amanda at the end, and uh, we'll make that happen for you. Um, another thing we can do at the end of the service on the behind um, behind the back there, it's, it's, there's a table we've set up, and uh, maybe you just want to be kept, kept informed. You know, sign your name down there, we'll have a chat with you and uh, we'll try to uh, organise some future events. Maybe you want to be part of the planning committee that sort out those future events. Maybe you just want to be kept up with more information, a monthly newsletter or something similar. Maybe you just want to pray. But either way, I say just want to pray, prayer is actually the key. Maybe you want to pray. Um, but come and speak to us at the end. We're going to stand by the table for 15 minutes or so. Just come and sign up, have a chat about it, all those kind of things. But also, when we do an event, attend the event because you by you being there you're making a difference to people like Marco so let's all do that together and I'm sure uh, over the course of the year we'll organize some specific prayer events for IJM and, and all that they're doing so there's various ways you can do the five pound a month you can do a one-off gift you can sign up to be part of something as an understand it going forward you can attend events and you can pray doing those things will change someone's life and you can do that um, do you want to add anything to that um I just I know it can feel helpless being in England and feeling there's not much that you can do but Isaiah 1 calls us to defend the oppressed and seek justice and sometimes there's just really simple things that you can do and one of those is just being careful of where you shop because there's a lot of brands that don't pay fair, wa pay fair wages and that can lead people to having to seek out other options. A designer brand doesn't necessarily mean that as a company they pay people in poor country a fair wage for the work that they're doing. Um, you've also seen that you can give directly to, at the Ukraine border to provide help and prevent actually people being at risk um, of being trafficking. I know St John's Church will also take in physical donations, so if you've got any good condition clothes or bedding or toiletries, I'm happy to take that along to St John's and they're arranging drop-offs at the Ukraine border. There's lots of ways that you can get involved. It doesn't have to be giving. It doesn't have to just be prayer. There's lots of things. My, the one thing I would just say, let's just all be part of the solution and just yeah. bring this to an end. So good. So, so good. Awesome. I think what I'll do is, um, can we have the worship team back up? Uh, I kind of want to raise the atmosphere a little bit because it is a difficult topic, but God is still victorious. Yeah. And, uh, Kerry. Yes, yeah, shout. I've got a lot of information on that, so it's probably best that I email you some links. There's something called the Fashion Transparency Index, and basically certain companies either sign up to it or don't. Um, there's also an app that you can download on your phone called Good On You, or Good For You, Good On You, I think it is, and you can actually search um, a brand, and it will rate them from either not good enough, it's a star, or good. So they will actually tell you, they, they're ranked either by environmentally or by how much they pay for a fair wage. So there's it's quite a lot of information on that, that area, so it's probably best if I send you some links on that one. You might also notice that Pete wears knitted gear. <laughs> that is a joke. <laughs> <laughs> With all her spare time, you mean? <laughs>
But hey, I want to sing. I want to go out on this song. I'm going to see a victory because yes, you're going to see a victory. But we're also going to be part of someone else seeing their victory in the name of Jesus. You know, God sits on the throne. He's ruler over all, but we are his hands and feet. So as a church, come on, let's get a heartbeat for this. Let's play our part in it. Let's pray into it. And let's see someone else get their victory because of what we're doing. Amen. Let's get the band up.